how good are you at looking for things? Um, some of us are really good at it, and some of us are not. There's times I get a phone call from, from Kara. She's at the store. I'm at home, and it sounds something like this. She's like, hey, um, do we have cumin? And I'm probably in the office. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, what, are you in the kitchen? <laughs> no. She's like, would you go over to the spice cabinet and, and let me know? Oh, sure. So I walk over, and I'm like, ah, no, we don't have any cumin. She's like, are you sure? I thought I bought some. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't see any, babe. I, I don't think we have it. It's a good thing you called, right? And then she comes home, and she opens the spice cabinet, and she's making room to add cumin in. She's like, oh, we have cumin right here. And then we have a little cabinet downstairs. We have, like, like our overflow. So then she goes downstairs, and she, I hear this, and we had cumin downstairs, too. <laughs> and this is why we have three bottles of cumin at our house. Most of us aren't great at searching for things. How good are you at searching for truth? How badly do you want to know truth? Not, not the truth. Truth. How desperately do we search for Jesus? Search for his heart. Search for his word. Search for his will and his ways. Deuteronomy 4.29 says this. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Today I'm deviating from our series. We're on a series right now called Hearing from God. But we're having our Christmas party after the service. Um, and so... I'm I'm preaching um, a Christmas-esque message. Friends, searching for truth isn't a hobby. Say, Bob, what, what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, Brad, I dabble in seeking truth. And I collect license plates. Seeking truth, searching for the Lord can't be something we dabble in. Because to the extent that we search, that's to the extent we find. Seeking truth takes everything we have. If you want to turn in your Bible, your Bible apps to Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read uh, about the wise men. And the wise men teach us about tenacity in the Christmas story, tenacity in searching God, tenacity in seeking Christ. Matthew 2, verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and uh, ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, "Uh, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Then being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. All right, so let me do a little bit of Christmas 101 that might mess with your Christmas 101, okay? Um, There weren't necessarily three wise men. We think there's three wise men because gold, frankincense, and myrrh were given, and so we we know those three gifts. And so we assume there were three wise men, but the Bible never says there are three wise men. It just said there are wise men who came from the east. Okay, another thing, these wise men um, weren't Jewish and they weren't Christian. Actually, no one was Christian yet because... um, Christ hadn't began his ministry, and it wasn't until Jesus, when he was you know, in his early 30s and started walking out the, the will of God in ministry, that others, Christians, who started believing and following. So the, so the wise men weren't Christian, and they weren't Jewish. Magi, we use the word magi a lot when it comes to the wise men. Uh, magi, uh, one of the translations is magicians. These were men who were wise and seekers of truth. And they had read this prophecy in, in the Old Testament in Hebrew scripture and said, we got, is this true? We got to look into this. And then when they saw the star in the sky, you know, that was validation for them to make a journey that was four to five hours long to, to come to Jerusalem. Uh, I feel like there was one more thing about the wise men. What was it? I didn't put it in my notes. It'll come to me in a second. I'm going to interrupt in a minute whatever it is I'm talking about and say, ooh, that's the thing. Oh, here it is. Um, uh, the wise men, they didn't show up on the, the, when Jesus was born. When they showed up, Jesus was a child. He wasn't a, even a baby. He was a child. So... Don't throw away the, the wise men from your nativity scene. They're still wonderful. Um, I, I, I did a picture of just the, the image of the wise men. Um, I love this because, number one, it had more than three wise men, and they're all searching so attentively. This guy's a little afraid for sure, but you know, this guy's pointing out the star, and this guy's doing really good unpacking of truth and explanation. Even the camels are searching. I love this. Even the camels are. 
It's awesome. And I don't know what this thing is here, but I have one of those in my office. And so it's really cool. I, I was going to bring it and set it here, but I didn't want to get off track. At the time of Jesus' birth, Jerusalem was the spiritual center of the world. Now, we know Jerusalem as being a place of, of Jewish worship because the temple is there, but it was the spiritual center of the world. You would think that Jerusalem would be bursting at the seams with people seeking truth, especially at the fulfillment of this prophecy. Prophecy that, that a leader, a savior would be born in Bethlehem. Let me give you guys just a, a little bit of context. So Bethlehem is 6.2 miles from Jerusalem. Okay? Many of you have been to my house in Decono. I live in the Sweetgrass neighborhood. Just head east. My house is 6.1 miles from church. Bethlehem was 6.2 miles from Jerusalem. If you told me that Chris Stapleton was somewhere in the Sweetgrass neighborhood of Decono, 6.1 miles away, and that, that all we had to do was show up and, and we could sit with him. I'd be knocking on every door. And then if you made it even easier, if you're like, you'll hear music and there'll be a big guitar on top of, <laughs> on top of the house. How many of us would, would make that, that long, arduous journey to Decono? I'd walk. I don't have to walk. I have a car. And many of you guys have a car. I'd probably get a ride. But I'd walk the 6.2 miles if I had to. And these wise men, they came from the east. It was a four or five hour journey. Why? Because they were seeking truth. My friends were so pampered. But we're so comfortable. We're so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. What will we do to seek truth? Or are we like I am in the, the spice cabinet? When I, no, it's not there. No, it's not there. How long did you look? I looked for 10 minutes. I looked for two minutes, but I rounded up. I looked for 10 minutes. Let me ask you this. This morning, uh, worship team, that was wonderful. And I love what Debbie said. Hey, let's not be afraid of the silence. Let me, let me ask you guys. Take inventory real quick. Is this the, the longest you were quiet before the Lord this week? In the last week? Was that stretch of... Was it even a couple minutes? Was it even a couple minutes? But let's just call it a couple minutes. Was that stretch of two minutes of silence before the Lord, is that the most you've been silent and still before the Lord this week, this month, this year? Man, there's incredible things to be found in the presence of the Lord. There's incredible things to be found just meditating on Him and remembering His goodness. It's funny because we admire like other religions for like meditating. And we think that like, you know, that, that they have like the, the patent on it. 
Meditation, Christian meditation, it's, it's a Christian concept. We're told to meditate on the Lord, to be still before the Lord. I'm not trying to camp on any one thing, but I'm trying to say this. Are we willing to search? And I mean really search. Are we willing to be diligent in our search for Christ? Because we're told if we search, we find. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. That last one had like a Kermit the Frog. Stars go by. <laughs> a little Kermit vibe going on. This was a star. This was the loudest star there's ever been. In its action. In its weight. In its power. And it moved... And they followed the star and it settled. Stars don't settle. Stars don't stop and rest. It stopped and rest over where Jesus was. Of all the major religious leaders that were in Jerusalem that day, none of them were seeking. It was 6.2 miles away. Bethlehem was 6.2 miles away. Even Herod, who was just a dirtbag, just a, a scumbag of a leader. Awful. He, he was 6.2 miles away. And he's like, yeah, when you find him, come back and let us know, you lazy sucker. But how many of us, and I, that's okay that he was lazy because he was a bad guy. But how many of us are lazy too? We refuse to seek God when he's to be found, when he's so near. These religious seekers weren't seeking God. They weren't seeking truth. King Herod was so close, and he missed the baby. Friends, he is so near. Let, let us not miss him too by our unwillingness to seek him. So practically, how do we do that? We just make room. We just make a moment for him. I'm, I'm a crier. You know, I think you guys know that. I'm good with it. It's healthy. I was in the office recently and during the preschool and I just turned on some worship music and I was working while worshiping and worshiping took over the working. And I had a choice right then and there. Either I'm going to continue working or I'm going to stop and worship. And there's students around and there's teachers coming in and out. And although I'm comfortable crying, I don't like to cry in front of people. I mean, if Karen and I are watching a movie and, and the scene grabs my heart, I'm trying my best to keep it in. I'm shaking. So she feels I'm crying. And so I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to worship you. And I just lifted my hands and tears were just flowing down my face. And I wasn't even singing along. I was just just hearing the words saying, yes, yes. And in that moment, I made room for God right then, right there, even though I wasn't entirely comfortable with it, and it was wonderful. Today in worship, we made 
time for the Lord because he's worth making time for. And who knows what he's going to do, what he's going to say or what he's going to impress. Wise men searched for Jesus. And wise men and women still search for Jesus. The wise men that we read of in Scripture in Matthew chapter 2, they were willing to go to great lengths to find him. I think I misspoke earlier. It was a four to five month trip. Four to five months was their journey. Will we take four to five minutes? Not 45 Sometimes I talk fast and my words all blend together. I didn't say 45. Will we take four to five minutes just to be in the presence of the Lord? Will we open up scripture and read something and say, Lord, would you speak to me in this? Would you speak to me in this? I'm listening. Friends, we can't let anything get in the way of our search for God. It's the most important search. A lot of people want to know truth. But they don't demonstrate that they want to know truth. So I, all my life, I've always been, you know, pretty bold. Um, even when I wasn't, like, walking with the Lord, I still loved him. I just was living a very self-focused life. And I'd have friends that, that didn't know the Lord, they were atheists, and, and I, would, I would throw this challenge to them. I'm like, do you want to know truth? Yes, I want to know truth, but I don't believe there's a God. Okay, you want to know truth. Are you willing to do something radical to have truth, to know truth? Yeah. Okay, then here's what I challenge you with. I challenge you to pray to a God that, well, I don't believe in God. I know, I know. Stay with me. Pray to a God that you don't even believe is there. And say, if you're there, would you let me know it? Because if you're there, I want to know you. I said, is that, and I'd ask him, is that true? If God is real, wouldn't you want to know it? Well, yeah, but he's not real. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But if he was real, wouldn't you want to know it? Yeah. Okay, then pray to this God that you don't even believe is there and ask this God that you don't even yet believe in, if you're real, let me know. It was amazing the conversations that would take place a month, two months later. Hey, I did what you said. How does God speak to you? And why do you ask? Well, because I, I think he spoke to me. Well, why do you think that? Well, because I, I was just driving to work and, and I saw the sun in a different way. This was, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about my time in Southern California. I saw the ocean in a different way. And I felt like God drew me to it to show that he loves me. I don't even understand it. I didn't hear anything, but I just, is that how God speaks to you? I'm like, yeah, that's one of the ways. Hebrews 11.6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists 
and that he rewards those who seek him. So here we're talking about that act of drawing near, okay? So we call out. We're in the process of seeking, but now there comes a point that we've got to draw near. And we draw near when we believe that there's someone there that, there's, that we can draw near to. So how do we draw near? I'm trying to make this as practical as we can. How do I draw near? Well, let me, let me ask you guys this, because I, I, I have answers that I'm locked and loaded. Anybody want to share, how do you draw near to God? Prayer. Anyone else, how do you draw near to God? Worship. Anyone else? Music. Yeah. What's that? Through arts. Absolutely. It's funny. We have, we have that painting of the bear out there in the foyer. Love that thing. It's awesome art. People are like, what does that have to do with God? I'm like, hey, have you ever stopped and looked at it? That painting will draw you closer to God. The name of that piece is freedom, and it's a... It's a bear breaking free of shackles, of oppression and heaviness. And there's this river of blood running behind it, the blood of Jesus that redeems art. I love it. Friends, draw near. Draw near to God and believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If you draw near, he's going to reveal himself to you. He is. The wise men were willing to give up everything they had to worship Jesus. They were willing to give up the comforts of their homes for a long, dangerous, tough journey because they had the right motive in searching for truth, in searching for Jesus. When I was thinking about like the, the example of Chris Stapleton being in my neighborhood and the links I'd be willing to go to. Um, the first thing I was thinking about beforehand is a trombone player named Trombone Shody. He's incredible. Phenomenal New Orleans jazz. And I just had this image of like this, this trombone like rotating in the sky above the house where he was. Love Trombone Shody. Love New Orleans jazz. And I, I really, I started thinking about it. Would I really go to every house in Sweetgrass to find trombone shouty? Absolutely I would. But I, I wouldn't just do that for me. I would call everyone I knew. Guys, you got to join me. We're going to hear the most amazing concert we've ever heard in our lives in someone's living room. I don't know where, but I know where-ish. I would. I would. I would call all of you. I would call you multiple times. I'd text. I'd blow your phone up. What links are we willing to go to to connect with the Lord? Are we willing to turn this off? Because it can be a distraction. It's just setting it aside. But then i got to turn off my watch too because my watch connects to that. So if you call me, even if that's silent, this vibrates. Or ESPN, some random sports 
thing pops up that means nothing? Are we willing to say, hey, I'm going to be alone with the Lord for a while. I'm not available to anyone else. I'm not available to anyone else except you, Lord. Lord, I'm available to you and you only. And Lord, I, I, I'm desperate. I'm desperate to hear from you. I'm desperate to feel your presence. I'm desperate the heaviness just shaken off and I just I try it on my own and I can't do it on my own but Lord you, you can you can take it and I want to help others with this too because this is good experiencing God is good being touched by Him is good Hearing from him is life-changing. I want to read the, the end of that passage, the same passage I read from Matthew 2, because maybe you missed something, something really profound. Verse 10, when they saw the star, say with me, saw the star, they rejoiced. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I mean, that's, that's rejoicing. And going into the house, they saw the child. Say, saw the child. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts among those gold and frankincense and myrrh. I believe they gave everything they had. I believe, too, that they found the Christ child. They gave all, and they worshipped him. And I believe. I believe. And they worshipped him from this place. It wasn't in vain. The month alone was four to five months. How much was the research and the study and the seeking before they ever began their journey? And they fell on their face. They're like, thank God it wasn't in vain. It's true. He's true. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. When they saw the Christ child, they worshipped. And they gave Jesus gifts. Friends, what are we willing to give up to worship the Lord? So we don't have to bring him gold and frankincense and myrrh, but we do have to come with a heart surrendered, with bringing the things he's asked us to bring, which are our sins. He asked for bring your sins bring your shame bring your guilt bring the heavy things I want them will you give that to me as a gift we've got to come and lay those before the Lord in worship giving him those gifts we might not see them as gifts we might see them as the worst things in the world sin and shame and guilt they're heavy but for him that's the gift he wants from us so that he can bring freedom so that God can bring grace and joy and hope. You guys, Jesus is here today. So don't miss the signs. Don't miss the star. Don't miss Jesus. Let's pray.
Lord, we're here for you. Maybe when we first walked through the door, we weren't here for you, but we're here for you right now. And you're here for us. You are with us now. We feel your presence. And we know that you are the truth and you're the only means by which we can be saved. Jesus, your name is the only name through which we can be saved. And it's not of our own doing and it's not of our own works. It's by your grace and your grace alone. Uh, Friends, if we can keep our eyes closed, if there's anyone here today that you don't know Jesus, but right now you're encountering him, you're experiencing him, and you are convinced that he is real and that he loves you, and that is the only way that you can be saved and know truth is by beginning this walk with him and receiving his grace as the first step of this walk. If that's you, Would you just lock eyes with me? Would you nod? Would you make it just wonderfully apparent that God is speaking to you and that this day you want to place your trust in him? You want to believe in him? Is there anybody? Grab a hold of him right now. Is there anyone else? like I did in that office when I just forgot about everything else and I worshiped him. Friends, don't set your eyes on anything else but him. Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, for this one who has responded to you and said yes to you. Lord Jesus, would you just pour out your grace in such an amazing measure that this moment is impressed in their heart forever. The moment that they received you, truth. Lord, that they received life and conquered death through you. And as a result, shame was conquered. Sin was conquered. Curse was conquered. And that we are victorious in you because you are victorious King Jesus Lord would you just uh, imprint this message on our hearts today Holy Spirit Jesus raved about you and said you would guide us into all truth and you would bring to our remembrance everything Jesus said and did and we're asking Holy Spirit that you would just imprint this message on our hearts about seeking you and finding truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to challenge us with this. I love challenges. There was a point when Kara's like, can you, can you just say, I just want to encourage you with this, and I tried it for a while. It didn't fit. It didn't fit. It didn't feel right. Challenge challenge you with this. The Lord's not going to swoop down and supernaturally take your calendar and create this room for you. You got to do that. You got to do that. You got to seize those moments when you're like, you know what, I'm going to pull over right now and I'm going to worship you and I don't care who drives by. And if the police are knocking on my window, they're, 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 
I got a few minutes. They're not going to take me to jail right away. Seize the moment. Carve out time in the midst of every day. And, and here's what's wonderful. It doesn't have to be. I'm not asking for 45 minutes. I'm asking for four to five minutes or whatever it is. In seeking truth, we find it. Maybe we're looking for an answer for this one thing, but in seeking truth, we find truth. And he's like, God's like, I know you're asking for this, but here, this is better. Love you guys.